Welcome everyone to the Go WP Digital Agency Owner Podcast, where we speak with leaders in our community and we go behind the data to uncover their secrets to business and life success. Before we begin, I would just like to say a few words about GoWP in case anyone listening isn't fully familiar with us. At GoWP, we create happiness for digital agencies and help them become more profitable. Whether it's joining in our incredibly valuable weekly happiness hour calls, or if you're just looking to grow your team with a developer, a copywriter, a designer, or a virtual assistant, we got you covered. We also have services like case studies, blogging services, website maintenance, content edits, page builds that you can completely outsource to our team. So Mariah, who do we have on the show today? Oh, I haven't even introduced myself. I'm Joanne Torres. <laughs> Don't feel bad. I never introduced myself. I'm Mariah. I think I'm the director of creative services <laughs> at GoWP. So to answer your question, Joanne, we have an amazing guest today. We're joined today by Mr. Mike Killen. Now, Mike is a man of many titles. He's a lead generation expert, sales coach for funnel builders, published author, agency guru, esteemed partner and friend of GoWP, and most importantly, the founder of Sell Your Service. Seriously, Mike, I basically have told them everything except your birth sign, so. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, and I'm I, like, you're going through that. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's actually a lot of stuff. A lot of it's <laughs> sort of borderline, but yeah, it's good. I'll take that. That's awesome. Thank you. No, thank, thank you for receiving that. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to, to you today. I was mentioning to Mike before we began that I have dropped his name without permission twice in previous uh I'm not like interviews. Beetlejuice. It's not like <laughs> it's not like Candyman where you say it in front of the mirror and then I'll appear behind you trying to well, pitch you something. You are no, allowed to talk about me. No, it worked though. I, I dropped your name and here you are. No, I'm say, I'm joking because it's, you know, I'm like, well, I know I've heard great things about you, but I'd never spoken with you. And so I'm like, I hope he's okay with me just like dropping his name. But I'm really thrilled to have you here. Uh, you are beloved by the team at GoW. UP. So yeah, thanks so much. No, I mean, uh, like I said, kind of before coming on the call, this is one of the few podcasts which I haven't actively tried to get on because I was terrified of being rejected. So because I listen to you guys and, and there's so much like kind of talking about the podcast and then we'll get into the other stuff. But th these are the ones that I like to listen to, which are like conversations. And the questions that you sent over are stuff I, I love talking about selling marketing funnels. I'm not invited to many dinner parties because it's all I want to talk about is sales. But actually, there's so much that agency owners want to be a part of. And also at this time, you can't just have those office conversations with people and get to know each other. So I, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm pumped to be here. I'm really excited. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you are so open because I want to I want to get something out of the way. I want yeah. to address the elephant in the room for all of our listeners, Mike Killen. You are an Englishman. I am. You are. Am. Yeah, it's been verified. So today <laughs> you're going to be out accenting Joanne and I, and you're actually the first Englishman we've had on the show. So oh you're so shattering ceilings, you're breaking barriers. And I think we should acknowledge that. <laughs> Can you guys do an English accent? What's your English accent? Oh, no, Mariah's the actress. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so bad at accents, but I'm so delighted that you asked. I'm going to try. Yeah, I, yeah, oh go for it. I definitely want to hear. I 100% want to hear. Well, you know, I'm horrible. I'm horrible, though. That's the funny and sad part of it. So yeah. actually, the, we do have a planned section in today's questions where maybe I can show off my bad 
British accent skills, it. but you never know. My my cockney might just might just come out, mate. See, see how that's horrible not, that is. That's not terrible. It's not terrible. It's not terrible <laughs> at all. I've heard that... a lot worse. Marvel and Disney seem to be on top of like, let's do some bad British accents at the moment. So that's fine. With me. <laughs> oh, please, that was polite British talk for my lord woman. Put yeah. you know tar <laughs> in your mouth. <laughs> that's exactly it. No, this is good. This is good. We're off to a great start. I think we're going to have fun, but, but no, I, you know, I bring this up to just touch on just how beautifully diverse the WordPress community is. And we're talking to you today. You're in England, we're in the U S and I'm, was just curious as we start off, could you tell us a little bit about your, your path? You know, how did, how did you grow up as a young lad in bucolic England? and yeah. find WordPress. In- and that's written by the way, guys, word for word in the document, it was young lad in England. And I, I had to be like, I was like, yeah, I guess I was at one point. So a wee, lad. A, wee la- a wee lad. Yeah. So kind of going like way back, I was born in London, but I'm the first in my family to have been born in the UK, like for a long time, maybe ever. I, I don't know how it works, but my father, a biological father from New Zealand. So I'm half Maori, which are like the indigenous people in New Zealand. And my mother was born in East Africa. She's white, but she was born in East Africa and, and they came over to, to the UK. So I had a really interesting kind of childhood growing up in London, very multicultural parents, everything was kind of normal. And then I moved down to the Southwest of England. People down this part of the world will know what that's like. It's very, very rural. And it was a big culture shock when I was a kid. And also I I am mixed race, but I'm not particularly dark. Like in London, I didn't stand out. In the States, I definitely don't stand out. But down here, I was like the most mixed race kid in the world down here. And that was a big shock, to be honest. That was actually kind of a a big, I didn't realize what the the big deal was. And I don't know whether that impacted then the next 10 years of my education, because I became a bit of a hellion, skipped school, hated education, and didn't really try very hard academically. So it's really interesting to me that my business now is predominantly coaching, which I suppose would be considered teaching. So yeah, you know, it's, it's funny kind of how these things kind of weave around. But the way that I found WordPress was I was working in the marketing department for a large like corporate company and they fired me or made me redundant depending on on who you ask but basically I I moved back home I had to call up my mum I was like look they've been paying me you know crazy money for the past two years but I've saved nothing (laughs) so I, I need to get my old childhood room back and was like right I'm gonna start an agency, I'm going to do something else because I definitely don't want to go back to work ever again. And I think a colleague of mine, a guy who still does all of my emails and still does all of my websites, a guy called Michael Mertens, just based down here. He just runs a small business. He introduced me to WordPress. I was like, huh, this doesn't seem too bad. And the way I came onto you guys was I was working with Troy at what is now Agency Mavericks, but was WP Elevation. And he was like, you need to check out this company. And at the time, this is way back, you guys just did maintenance. But that to me was like, I can just outsource this and I can just sell it and put a profit margin on top of it. Mm-hmm. Like, how awesome is that? So it was like a lifesaver for me. And it was just kind of interesting seeing how all of this stuff, everything's become an app now, basically. And people can start agencies from scratch. So it kind of weaved around a little bit, but yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked about where I landed and met some great people, as you mentioned, very, very multicultural. And there's a lot of different backgrounds and a lot of different people doing a lot of different things. So it's a really, really diverse group of people to have some really good conversations with. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Joanne and I are sort of new, new kids on the block in yeah. the WordPress space. So yeah, meeting wonderful people like yourself. I didn't expect this space to be what it is. So yeah. it's, been nice, it's been a nice landing space. Yeah, that's fair. And I think even there are definitely some similarities I've noticed that run from group to group. And there are definitely kind of like little micro tribes based around and kind of WordPress as a kind of business, I guess, constantly talks about community. And there's some people who do it better than others, in, in my mm. opinion. But it's been interesting seeing, I think as well, it's kind of like being a chef, which is basically what I was before I decided to get a job with air conditioning was I trained to be a chef. And that's one of the few jobs and WordPress, I think, is similar where it doesn't matter where you've come from, mm. you can still build a decent income, a decent lifestyle, meet some interesting people without having to necessarily have access to the same either educational privileges or whatever that some other careers just aren't going to happen for some people. So yeah, it's, it's kind of cool like that to see all the different backgrounds and divergences that come from it. And I, I felt, you know, I failed you yet again. I did read that you were previously a chef. Real quick before Joanne asks the next question, what's your, what's your best dish that you can prepare? Yeah, I'm not fancy. I learned in France and just could not keep up with those guys. They're, they're on another level. So like, I think my favorite dish might be making just pasta. I love lasagna. I'm a huge fan of lasagna. And I think that goes a long way. So I like comfort food, you know, mm -hmm. so I'm not very good at the, the fancy stuff. Doesn't matter. <laughs> well, you know, talk about privilege. Just saying lasagna with your accent makes it fancy. Oh, lasagna. really? Is that true? Oh, oh because please. I love lasagna. Italians are like, oh my God, he's absolutely butchering that word. It's disgusting. Well, well, yeah, you know, I'm in Chicago and I can't cook. <laughs> yeah, so if right. someone's like, lasagna. lasagna. <laughs> yeah, you get away with a lot with this accent. Though. I microwave my lasagna, so it's frozen. So <laughs> Very like... good. Yeah, excellent. Even better. I I love the, the analogy of, you know, working in a kitchen as someone who also has worked in a professional kitchen okay, cool. in the past getting like a lot of outcasts i think it was anthony bourdain yeah. who said that like the kitchen is a place for the outcasts who just want to come in and, and put their heads down do the work and be successful and i do think as well that there's a lot of synergies in wordpress with that you know you just come in you do your work you put your head down you don't, you don't yeah. make a big fuss about it you know and things will be shown depending on, on how much work you put into it. And which takes me to your, your book, the five figure funnels and how to sell marketing funnels services to your customers for five figures in any market, no matter your experience. So you provide books and many other resources with the goal of giving agency owners the confidence that will free them from the constraints of outdated agency models. So my question is, what outdated practices do you most often see agencies holding on to? Yeah, this and this is one of the questions they were. I was like, oh, they really want to go there. All right, we can do <laughs> yes. this. Yes, yeah. because it can be controversial it because, is. you know, people like their formulas, people like what they know works and sure, why not? But how can that be outdated and, and how can no. that, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, hold and that's agency the funny owners thing. back? Yeah. And that's the thing. I actually think agency owners don't like formulas. I think the majority of them, first of all, believe that everything should be done for you. If they think that agency is synonymous with done for you. And the problem is most of them don't charge enough for that. 
I have a, a bit of a reputation, a, a misreputation of, I think everything should cost 25K. Like if you're gonna do a landing page, 25K. If you're gonna do uh, uh, maintenance, $25,000, you should charge for it. And that's not true. What I think is people should charge $25,000 for $25,000 worth of work. The problem is the majority of agencies are charging $5,000 for $25,000 worth of work. There are so many parts of the agency model which are broken and yet people insist on grinding away at them. I never fully understood that because I was like, I kind of enjoy my work and I enjoy my job, but I don't do all of the work. And there's a lot of things like, well, you can't charge crazy high prices because no one else in my market is charging high prices. So there's a lot around agencies, specifically around like experience. People say, well, I've been doing this 20 years. I'm like, so what? What's that got to do with it? For all I yeah. know, you've got one year's experience 20 times. Saying you've got 20 years experience actually doesn't count for anything. And the cold, hard reality is that it doesn't. It's got nothing to do with your time on the market. It's got nothing to do with your experience. How much you charge should be up to you. It's got nothing to do with the customer. It's got nothing to do with the, the market. People say, oh, the market dictates the price. In a commodities-based market, sure. You're not in a commodities-based market. You sell pure value. That is all you sell. You know, people talk about ROI and what kind of results they generate. I have personally worked with people that they have got the results through ads, but I hated working with them. And yet there's other people where I've had to kind of almost coach them along the process. And we've got some results, but I've just enjoyed working with them more. So there's a lot of overlaps. There's a lot of mental blocks. A big part of it, I feel, is people are worried about being disliked. And so they don't want to be like, I'm going to charge crazy high prices. I didn't have a problem being disliked for a bunch of reasons, but places like WordCamp, I'm ashamed to say, you know, I'm not asked to talk there anymore or give talks because I'm like, you guys should be charging more money. And I can prove to you, you should be charging more money. But for some reason, there's a significant portion of agency owners who don't like making money. And they think it's because they either don't have the experience or the skill. And we know that that's not true. So there's a lot of parts of that model that I think are broken. And, you know, we can go into more detail about that, but it's it's a real shame because I see people working really hard, frankly, aren't being rewarded financially and with the security that they want purely because someone else told them that they should be charging this much or other people aren't charging as much of them. It doesn't make any sense to me. Mm -hmm. Do you think some of that comes from like a lack of confidence or some kind of imposter syndrome? Like, do you have an inkling of where that root cause is coming from? Yeah, I do. So it actually pretty much all fundamentally comes down to our fear of being disliked for a variety of reasons. That to me is the core reason why it drives most people to do most things. And then we invent, this is again, controversial. And I understand that we don't, there's no way we can go into this in enough time, even if we had days to do this, but things like imposter syndrome, completely real. I, I have it. I constantly think this is it. This is the call where they're finally going to realize he does not know what he's talking about. And I'm like, well, I'm not funny. So I sure as hell haven't got that to fall back on. So of course that fear is constantly there, but at the same time, our fear of being disliked is also very good at inventing things such as imposter syndrome. What a convenient mm. thing for me to go, oh, I couldn't possibly charge higher prices or say that I'm the world's number one expert in this area because dot, 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 I have imposter syndrome. In actual fact, most of the time it's flipped around. You 
don't want to raise your prices because you ultimately don't want to be disliked. So you invent this idea of having imposter syndrome. I know sounds a bit mixed up, but. No, no, I get it. I get it. It's the whole, we can rationalize any kind yeah, of behavior yeah, yeah. towards, you know, in order not to, to not do something or to do something on the flip side. Yeah. We can talk about this. Like, exactly. All, yeah. This all goes day. Yeah, yeah. This goes, this is definitely, of course, every specific situation. I think it really boils down to like confidence and, and mindset and Mariah, you can, you have a really good segue into this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I just, it's interesting. Mike said, he was joking saying, you know, I don't do comedy. I don't have that to fall back on if I'm yeah. discovered as an imposter. But I was laughing and smiling when you said that because it yeah. was so vulnerable and real. And it actually, it struck me in a comedic way. So I think that's yeah. a lesson too. Like our truth is in our vulner vulnerability sometimes. And, you know, oh. every week we talk with agency owners during the happiness hour calls and yep. they are very open with sharing vulnerabilities and struggles and wins. What I love about you, your the quality and the information of, and the honesty that you share in your videos um, that are, are available on my YouTube channel. And it makes me think about creating content like that, creating uh, podcasts, which mm -hmm. for us, I don't know how many months ago we launched Joanne four months ago, something like that. I'm going to try to keep this as topical as possible and not mention any dates. No, I was <laughs> so, just thinking yeah. about yeah, four yeah, months yeah. for a couple of months ago. Yeah. We launched a couple of months ago. Yeah, yeah, a few months ago. <laughs> it was like, it was yesterday, right? Um, last week, last <laughs> week, you know, live right now. First time, but yeah. that really resonated resonates with me because I know a lot of, uh, agency owners who who attend the happiness hours have just launched yep. a blog or just launched a podcast and they are very open about their trepidation about mm -hmm. launching the, the podcasts for a variety of reasons. Sometimes it's time, but also mm -hmm. sometimes it's the fear of my voice doesn't need to be added to this, you know, this space. And from that resonated with me because I remember for me, it's not an issue. <clears throat> Pardon me. It wasn't an issue of imposter syndrome because I never yep. tried to pretend that I was an expert in the WordPress space. I was very raw. This is me. This is what you get. But I was the fear of being disliked. Like you mentioned, I was worried about being called out in a public yeah. space, like on a YouTube comment, which is like the pit of hell, YouTube comments. Right. Yeah. And Chris yeah. Lemma said something to me. I shared this concern with him. And he said, well, don't you have a delete button? And I was like, well, yeah. yeah, I got a delete button, Chris. But he was like, he was like, no, no, no. You don't have to give space and air to someone's negativity. And I heard you speak about handling negative commenters yeah. and you don't hit the leap. You have a very unique way of dealing with them. Can you, can you care to elaborate <clears throat> on how you handle the negative Nancy's and yeah. out there? So that's really interesting. So for example, I know you want to keep it topical. How was that last episode of Seinfeld? Crazy, right? So <laughs> it's great. Hope they got to do good things. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so my next book is, is going out. And so we do like cover revisions and tests and blah, blah, blah. And the amount of, I'm going to say you got you, cause you guys only do audio, right? Uh, in air quotes, constructive feedback that I have had about the covers and the copy and the typeset and stuff. It's fascinating to me that people can't help themselves, but give feedback. It's like something is, is boring into them. Like whatever video I've created or anyone, anyone, blog posts, tweets, whatever. 
And there's a few like models that explain this. But ultimately, my response is to agree with people. And it freaks them out. It freaks them out real bad. First of all, so typically, if someone was to say, Michael, and you don't know what you're talking about, and I get that regularly, like, how could you possibly say this? You obviously have no experience. You obviously don't take your business very seriously and you don't know what you're talking about. I go, I agree, man. You're probably right. And they're like, oh. <laughs> Disarmed. Oh, okay. I'm like, great, cool. What else you want to talk about, buddy? Anything anyone ever says is a direct reflection of them. It's got nothing to do with you. Just like other people's opinions of you are none of your business. There's nothing mm-hmm. you can do about it. We have all worked with people and we have been polite and courteous and helpful and they've still taken a dislike to us. So what that shows is that how other people feel about us has got nothing to do with us. It's a direct reflection of themselves. Mm -hmm. And no matter people's opinions, again, like I have people saying, Mike, I just want to protect you from this really bad potential decision you're going to make. I think this content you're putting out with this cover or this video is, is really, really bad. Like, awesome. Thanks very much. Yeah, it probably will be. What else? Oh, no, that was it. It's got nothing to do with me. It's all about them. Typically, and the internet is a funny way of reflecting this. And again, we're kind of not always in the agency space when I'm talking about this stuff, not at all the agency space. A a lot of people feel like they're not in control of their own life. They have a real problem feeling that there's a lot of outside influences and that makes people very angry. And the way that they can express that anger is by taking control of someone else's life, predominantly through negative comments, constructive feedback, even if it's with love or whatever, Mm -hmm. it's this way of being able to take control of other people's tasks. So when you go, I agree with you. Yeah, it's, it's not very good. I don't know what I'm talking about. I completely agree with you. Anything further than that, of becomes pretty obvious when they get like really angry it's like well why would you possibly stay around here but it never does get that far what they want is they're looking for conflict they actually are looking for someone to argue with and therefore they can exert more control over you that's how that cycle works Mm -hmm. so it's not only for me to be able to be like it's a bit like forgiveness forgiveness isn't for the other person who has wronged you forgiveness is for you to say this actually doesn't have to impact me or my life anymore i can live However, I want what you have done to me in the past doesn't affect how I'm going to live in the future. So what you say now in this comment. Great. Okay, fantastic. What else have you got? Mm -hmm. And it's important to understand that if you are doing something that you truly, truly believe is right or even helpful, even helpful to one person, you have to believe that. And if a hundred other people say this is nonsense and this is wrong. And it goes both ways, like even things that you don't agree with, you have to accept that that's, that person thinks they're being helpful. You have to understand that, yeah, naturally you're going to attract people who don't want that, but it's got nothing to do with you. It's mm-hmm. all to do with them. And the internet is a very funny place of bringing that up. I would like to say, however, 99% of the people who, who communicate with me are just full of love and, and constructive and you know great like that. So it's very rare. Yeah. Thank, and thank you for pointing that out. And that's my fault for diverging from my script, because I did want to point that out that um, especially for, you know, those um, agency owners who are just getting started out. Yeah. Most of the support yeah. is positive. It's just yeah. that one voice out there that Mike hasn't crushed yet with his positive. Yeah. <laughs> but it happens, right? Like we, you know, it's so common for us all to be like, to have 50 constructive or positive comments 
And again, it goes both ways. I think you shouldn't pay as much attention to that positive feedback as well, because I think mm -hmm. that also feeds into things badly. Mm -hmm. You should purely be, and again, I, this is way deeper than the agency stuff, but you should genuinely purely be living under your own values and thinking, what do I need to contribute in order to feel like I'm, I'm doing good things? But that one voice that comes across, of course, for some reason, we can't help ourselves. We're like, oh my God, what if yeah. I write? Oh, wow. Stereo. The trolls know how to get to our insecurities. But how I like to think about it is that I just wouldn't accept feedback because the thing is, I see feedback as a gift. Feedback is a gift and you can take it or, you know, leave it in the box and never open that like box, that. never unwrap that present. And I just and this is me personally speaking from my experience, I wouldn't take feedback, whether it's constructive or helpful yep. or whatever word that's before it from someone who I wouldn't change places with. That's such if, a good way of putting it. Yeah. If I wouldn't change places with you, I, you know, or not, maybe that's a little bit extreme or it's just feedback is so tricky because it is such an important tool for growth and for advancing in, whether it's in your career or your personal life or in a course you're taking and people treat it as if it's just so flimsy. So it's yeah. so tricky for me. I, I think so, because I think a lot of people get because I have I've actively stated I don't value feedback and partly to annoy people, but also because what people deem there's two types of feedback, right? There is feedback based on opinion. That to me is worthless mm -hmm. because there's nothing I can do about it. My mum loves me, you know, more than anyone. My wife loves me more than anyone. There are things that we don't always agree on. Of course there are. There are things that are like, Mike is doing something really, really stupid. We can't always agree on everything. Opinion to me is basically meaningless in that respect, especially when you produce something. When you create something, whether it's blog content, posts or whatever, and someone gives you feedback based on their opinion, it ultimately is meaningless. If you are really clear about the goal that you have for that post and you say, I want to create a bunch of engagement and I want to connect with 10 other business owners, or I want to create a hundred thousand dollar a week business, or I want to sell, you know, 50,000 books and all of the opinions tell you to go the other way. But the actual feedback in the data says you haven't reached this goal. A hundred percent. Listen to that. Obviously that's the problem is I think people are really quick to listen to opinion without any kind of, data behind it. it it's it's a tricky line and i understand i really like your thing about being a gift the one i heard if i wouldn't take advice from you why would i listen to your criticism mm. i was like that's kind of interesting if i wouldn't yeah not not quite replace myself but if i don't look up to you maybe i wouldn't want to change it i understand opinion can come from experience but yeah. you know not everyone's right all the time yeah. and this is the thing everyone thinks they're right so i'm like do you know what i know all what right. the goal is for this I'm going to actually listen to what the, the data tells me about it. And if it pisses off my audience, then I know not to do something like that again, because that's obviously not the goal. That's very, very different from listening to one or two people who feel that they need to offer you constructive feedback based on their own mindset. Yeah. And you've challenged people in the past. For example, you have a very high <laughs> yeah. convert. I have a very yeah, specific yeah, yeah. use case <laughs> in terms of challenging people because you have a very high 
highly conversion, a very high conversion rate in one of your landing pages. It's called a high converting squeeze page to collect email addresses, right? And you have over 60% conversion rate, which is fantastic. For those who would like a free copy of this template, you can head over to Mike Killen's YouTube channel. But right now, we'll talk a little bit more about this use case and how you've had designers approach you and say, man, you're doing it all wrong. <laughs> they don't yeah. look good. They yeah. don't look good. So you've challenged them and said that you're happy to work with them if they can be your conversion rate with their design. Yeah. Has any designer accepted your challenge? And what are so, the specific? Yeah. All right. And, and so, I want to get into the specific of the features as well. But first, yeah. have they accepted your challenge? I've had two accept and not get anywhere close. Right. I probably get one email a week. So let's let's say I've been getting them the past couple of years. It's longer than that, but it's easily 100, 150 people. And now I don't even bother responding to them. But occasionally someone will guide and go into my DMs and they'll want to have a conversation with me and say, look, man, you know, these pages really suck. I'm like, great. Why do they suck? Tell me why. And they go, well, because, you know, they don't look professional. They're ugly. They're direct response marketing style. You know, I think we could do more for the brand. And my first question is always, I don't know how you can diagnose something without knowing the problem. Tell me what the problem is with the website. What's my goal with the website? I'm like, oh, I don't really know what your goal is with the website. I'm like, Well, then it's really difficult for you to tell me that the design is bad because the goal is to do conversions so far. And I'll send them screenshots. It's not even like, oh, on a good day, it's 60%. It's 60% concurrently. We do 10 to 30 leads a day through that single page, which I give on my YouTube channel just that page, right? 10 to 30 leads a day, 60%, plus something like a one to 1.5% sales conversion on the page afterwards, and then a 30% sale conversion on the page after that, right? It basically, that single page allowed me to take nine months off last year. Because designers, and I'm having a go at designers, that it's a case of a little learning as a dangerous thing, and it's the Dunning-Kruger effect in full-blown example, the ones who have learned a little bit are like, well, you could do the parallax and the scrolling and you could tell them this and have the video. And it's interesting because it's never experienced designers who challenge me on it because they know that mm. design is getting to the point. A good design is something that does the job well. Mm -hmm. Whether it looks right is irrelevant. Again, that's opinion based marketing. Opinion doesn't have a place in marketing. If you are looking to execute a function and my goal is to generate as many leads from the amount of traffic that visit this site, if you can do better than that, great. And I've done the same with sales pages, email campaigns. It's why we've hired a YouTube producer. Cause I'm like, the YouTube channel isn't anywhere close to where I want it to be. I want you to tell me what's wrong. And so he's like, it's too much content. It's, it's all over the place. He's ripping it to pieces. If he can categorically prove that we can get higher views on more videos and get more subscribers, of course I'll be wrong. I'm glad to be wrong. What, what a wonderful world to have everyone else tell me what I can do better in my business. That's fantastic. But it has to be based around the data coming from the goals. And way too often, people will start listening to you know, these great ideas, but they're not based in anything. So if people can beat my conversion rate, I'm super, super happy to work with you. But so far, no one has. And they've been like miserably not even close. Like, <laughs> like five to 10% conversion rate. So oh, yeah, I think it's a big lesson in that if you don't know the goal that the person is aiming for, you probably shouldn't have a go at them. You should probably diagnose it first. Yeah. I think and we what, should, 
Oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> what if you could just tell us a little bit of the specific features of the design that gets sure. that conversion? Yeah, it's one goal. I just want to get your email address, maybe your name and maybe your phone number as well. I have a super compelling headline. That's it. The headline makes the sale. So if you're an agency owner and maybe you work with dentists, you want to say to your dentists, like, I'm going to show you how to book 12 new dental clients every single month, like clockwork, without having to spend a ton of money on ads. That's a super specific headline. Click a button that opens up a pop-up and that's where they put their email address in. We call that a click pop or a two-stage opt-in. And then a couple of bullet points maybe on, again, specifics, but their benefits. Don't say it's a PDF, don't say it's an ebook, don't say it's a course, don't say it's whatever. It doesn't matter what the content is, just tell me how it makes my life better. And you could even say like, we've got one case study of a dentist who did 21 leads and here's how to do it. And it only costs 500 bucks based on whatever your lead magnet is and then allow people to opt in that way so hyper hyper specific and yeah if you go to the youtube channel or like sellyourservice.co.uk forward slash double which i know it sounds like i'm plugging it but legitimately that's the landing page and just rip that right off and miles beckler taught me how to do this type of page so yeah it's been working well for us i think we should rename this podcast today at least mic drop with Mike Killen. Oh, like, I like that. That's good. I love the information that you're you're sharing. And I also love your demonstration of being confident and in, in, in forward motion with everything that you do. And it's not always about just having a thick skin and being able to say to a designer, okay, this is what I've done with my squeeze pages. And if you can do better, you know, <laughs> have at it and, and, and see that no one can match that. For all of us, you know, there are moments that challenge us and we can either grow from them or crumble from them to be blunt about it. And there's a podcast that I listen to and the, the host calls them pivotal moments that we have in our lives. And he'll do, you know, he, he does it a couple of times a month of the guests will ask them, you know, what were their pivotal moments in life? Sometimes they're leaders in the entertainment industry. Sometimes they're former mob bosses, you know, pivotal moments in their lives. And I know that you touched on it earlier in our discussion about losing your job because you were deemed redundant. And yeah. that could have been a moment that, you know, where you didn't pivot and that you crumbled and we wouldn't be having this conversation today. And I'm wondering for such pivotal moments, we don't always realize that we're in them until sometimes we, we see them in reverse. Yeah. But what kept you from, I think I've read that you said that after that experience, the same day or soon after, you wrote the business plan for what became your, your first agency. So how did you pivot in that way? What was in yes, you? I, I wish I could break it down because what actually happened is I lost my job and because I was a very sensible 20 something year old man I bought a ticket for me and my brothers and we went to Las Vegas bearing in mind I just lost my job and I was like this is going to be the best use of my time and money <laughs> so I skipped that at the start I'm like yeah I started up an agency it's not quite true I went to Vegas and I had at the time a, a pretty serious, I wouldn't say drinking problem, but I certainly wouldn't say a drinking solution. And I was heavily involved in drugs and my diet was terrible. I wouldn't exercise ever. And from what I remember, which says, I mean, you're in Las Vegas, so that's kind of the point, I guess. I bet literally my last 1000 pounds or thousand dollars, I guess there on roulette. Uh, and I won and I was like, I almost immediately vomited from the shock. And I don't know if it's like a sensible gene that kicks in, especially in men, where all of a sudden I was like, this isn't, I need to stop 
fucking around basically and that night i basically wrote out i run an agency and it felt so kind of half cathartic and half comedic because i was like i'm one guy i'm gonna go home broke i had just met at the time my now wife and i was like i'm gonna have to lie to her about why i can't ever take her out on a date but it turns out she had just made redundant as well so we would just go to like bars and just drink water so we had like nothing and we were living in this tiny one room apartment with that had everything but i was confident that the plan i had written would work and that actually became my first book from single to scale that's that's how that kind of transitioned out of it i was like we can just do this and slowly slowly it's turned into still feels weird to say it's an actual business but I, I guess it is but yeah i suppose that was a pivotal moment but i don't know what that switch was i wish i knew because you know i would look back at myself in my early 20s now and be like you are a moron you are wasting your time and money and energy in life but i'm very glad to have found more discipline now and there's been a couple of things that have happened subsequently as well which have forced me further into that whether they're healthy or not is is up for debate but yeah i don't know i don't know i'm interested to know if it's a male and female thing as well i don't know i guess my gut reaction is it's the timing thing maybe you know mm -hmm. because there are things that i'm years old and uh <laughs> there are i think i think i just uh, lost a uh, connection right there yeah, I, yeah. I heard weird. 22 i heard 22 <laughs> I, yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And there are people far, far younger than me that are making life realizations that I'm like, whoa, that I don't think I've made yet. I'm like, man, what's yeah. up with that? So yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what the switch is either. But you said something a moment ago about the discipline that got you there. And, and you know, the fact that you even got the, the plan on paper is probably, that's the difference. I've heard you talk about that, you know, the way we think about motivation and success and failure, it's kind of busted, really. You said that what distinguishes a success from a failure is not necessarily having high motivation, but having discipline. And I, I love that idea. Can you elaborate on that? Because I, I have some agreement with that. Too. Yeah, cool. So yeah, I'd love to hear your side of it because I think motivation is doing something when you want to do it and discipline is doing something when you don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. I equate this to climbing a mountain. That's the analogy that I use in um, my book, Five Figure Funnels. In a very sloppy, ham-fisted, overly done metaphor, we want to reach the top of the mountain. That's the goal, right? And it's really easy to stand there at the bottom of a mountain and go, I'm going to do it. Today's the day. This is where I'm going to absolutely smash it. And you set up with a load of people and your energy is really high and you think this is great. And then you get up however far and you think this is actually much harder work than i thought it was maybe i don't want to do it and the problem with motivation is it's a bit like a lot of emotions is that it's fleeting and so you see another mountain and you go actually maybe i could climb that one because that one kind of looks a little bit easier and then someone else comes down the mountain you're on and they say don't bother going any further you should definitely check out this other mountain i've heard that's where all the riches are i've heard it's super easy and that's the problem is we end up starting all the time. The amount of people I tell me who start a business. It's why when you, I see on LinkedIn, people like I've started five businesses. I'm like, it's like, I've been married five times. Brilliant. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? Like, it's not that to me is a, is a sign of motivation doing something when I want to do it. Great. Discipline is when you go, nope, I'm going to stick on this mountain. I'm going to carve another step into the side of it that will make tomorrow just that little bit easier. And then I'm going to do the same and I'm going to do the same. And the problem is from the outside, it's very, very boring. Social media is really good at capturing the people who have got to the top or who are right at the bottom, 
super pumped about getting there. Everything from food, exercise, relationships. Relationships require discipline. You have to set aside time to invest with the people that you love. It's not a case of just whether things work out. I think we've all seen that. And again, I know you want to keep it topical, but over the last couple of years, we've, we've seen just how far relationships can go and the strain that they can come under even though in theory on paper it makes more sense and it should be easier because you're there in the same space so discipline to me is what i would rather look for and i would rather know what habits people have and i'd rather know what they don't like doing but they still do every day i don't like waking up at 5 30 every day i'm not pumped to do it i'm not like come on i, I never feel that the first thing i think is man that bed is soft and warm I, but i'm like you have to get up you need to keep moving um and yeah, it makes, makes again, very boring party conversation, but I do think that that's ultimately what leads to getting the things that you want is doing the things that you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And there's no way around that. Yeah. No, that's... there isn't. No, there isn't. There's no <laughs> elevator, right? So right, right. many have tried. You got to yeah. do the work. You have. It's, it's, you have to just do the work and put your head down do it whether that discipline it's you want to call it burning enthusiasm or or rebrand it however you want I, I i agree so much with what you're saying about the the motivation piece you know some days motivation is zero but those are the days that you have to show up for yourself the most because I, I think that's when the magic happens because that is where you have the space to create happiness. Think of something new to, to do, find motivation, create motivation for yourself because if you're just cruising through life and that, that's definitely a choice. That is a choice. A hundred percent. And you know, it's really funny because I regularly get people message me saying, Hey Mike, someone else is teaching people how to sell marketing funnels or someone's got a really similar course to you talking about how to do sales training. I'm like, Awesome. Let's see if they're around in 18 months time. I've been doing this for 10 years now. I know how hard it is. I know how hard the work is. I know how frustrating it is. And sure enough, you can look back and we will consistently see people who have started up. And this is why competition is irrelevant. A lot of agencies are like, and you said as well, like with creating content, people like, oh, should my voice get involved? The world, 99% of the world's content is people who had loads of motivation for three weeks. (laughs) All right, great. What you have to do is just play the game longer than them. And by definition, you'll be successful because you'll have more things in them because you've stuck at it longer. So it's not just a case of, does the world really need my voice? Yeah, because most people get super pumped up for three weeks and then nothing. Instagram is littered with accounts of people who are like, I'm gonna create this amazing account. And then six weeks later, it dies off because it's hard work and they see another opportunity that they think is gonna be easier. So they start again. That's why discipline ultimately wins the day. Absolutely. That was one of those conversations that I heard too, the pivotal moment conversations. One of the guests was asked, you know, how did you make it? And he just said, I just outlasted everybody else. (laughs) This is no more complex than that. I tell you what is complex. What was complex was finding, you know, I think we've prided ourselves of being able to really shock our guests on this podcast with some obscure oh, right. yeah, fact. I've heard, yeah, out, I know, right? I know, yeah. And you you stumped me. You stumped me. But that being said, our conversation has been so rich. But Good. we thought we would have a little fun with you, Mike. <laughs> yeah. And have a lightning round. Okay. And it's just like it sounds. We're gonna just like about 60 seconds of just you know, firing questions at you and you don't have to think about it. There's no right or wrong. It's your gut, your heart, the window into your soul. So the theme 
for your lightning round is, you know, we have mentioned that you are an Englishman. I didn't form up at all. That's horrible. But anyway, Uh, he's a English Kiwi. Let's English Kiwi. Yeah, very good. (laughs) English Kiwi. And uh, so the theme for you is you're doing it wrong, US of A. What is that? What was that? <laughs> that was good. It was good. It was a good, it was a good, good British accent. No, it yeah. wasn't, Mike. Stop. But, uh, it was. <laughs> no, I no, I'm really sorry. That was. I know. What are you doing? What are you doing wrong, England? US. Oh yeah. So that that's the theme. For yeah. You. All right. So all right. So all right. Everybody ready for this lightning round? All right. Let's do it. I'm pumped. Mike killing. All right. The clock is starting. So essentially, what resonates with you? What's the right way to do it? All right. All right. Taking afternoon break with tea or coffee? For me, it is actually coffee. Yeah. But I would still say, let's go for afternoon tea, but I would order a coffee. Setting your daily schedule or setting your daily schedule? Schedule? I think I would say schedule. Yeah, that's what I would say. That's interesting. <laughs> My bad accent ru- ruined it for you. Sorry. I've got a third <laughs> option. Sorry, go on. <laughs> I warned you. It's bad. Yeah. Movie night with Daniel Craig and the James Bond franchise or Tom Cruise and the Mission Impossible franchise? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Tom Cruise, but my wife would probably say Daniel Craig. I kind of agree with your wife there. Adele or Beyonce? A Beyonce? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to get kicked out of this, right? Right. I know, right? You're, you sound, you know, dreadfully American. <laughs> I do, don't I? God, so uncouth, my God. Talk about imposter syndrome. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> small talk or dead silence? Again, I'm okay with dead silence, especially during a sales call. But I hate being on the bus with someone and not, <laughs> even if I don't want to talk to them. Sorry, this is not a lightning round. Go for it. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I love the assigns. Okay. And the final qu- lightning round question, baked beans for breakfast or pass? Baked beans for breakfast with a fry up. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, I love, I can eat baked beans all day, any day, bring them. And I'm all a right. tea, tea all, all the way for me. I can't stand coffee. That's so interesting. It's a yeah. great balance. A good balance. Do you I have mean, brands of baked beans? What's that? Brands Heinz? of baked beans. Yes, yeah, so you have Heinz. Do you have any? Branston. I don't know Branston brand. There's a, the brand that I'm thinking of. It's not Bush. I don't, I can yeah, see yeah. it in my head. Bush, Bush beans, maybe, yeah. Bush beans, is that big in England? Um, uh, no, I know of them, but uh, we have, we have, <laughs> I know all the have, beans. But... Yeah, I know all the beans. Love them. Eat them yeah, up. Branston beans is the other big brand. I could eat them straight from a can. Like, right. I love mm. the beans. Come on over. That's like 90%, 95% of our menus out here. You'll love it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a British family. And, oh, yeah. Where else are they? They live in Kent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But they're like Nigerian British. So see, yeah. that's why my accent sucks because they're Nigerian British. So I don't get the full effect from them. You know, yeah. it's all kind of yeah, melded yeah. together and they yeah. don't do a lot of beans. No, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Right. <laughs> but you did fabulous at the lightning round. And our last question uh, for the day for you is how are you creating happiness for yourself or in general for your agency? However, you want to answer that question. Yeah, it's good. I think happiness is, to me, defined as a sense of contribution. So as long as you feel like you're contributing to something, be it small or large, which is why I don't think it's necessarily, I don't think you have to be a huge company or a, a huge business or whatever to be happy or successful with it. As long as you feel you're contributing to people, ultimately, that's all that matters. So 
I would say, yeah, a, a sense of contribution. So that's kind of all we really focus on, I guess. What are you contributing to? We want to get to the specifics, Mike. You can't yeah, just... Sorry, okay, cool. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, all right. Jeez. No. Um, give me an yeah. example. There's a lot of problems out there. And so what we're trying to do is if anyone ever asks for help, I will work as hard as they do to help them out. That's always been like, again, I said I didn't really go to school or turn up or whatever and got kicked out a lot. But there were a couple of teachers and I always remember the number one thing that they stated was if you ask for help from me, I will work as hard at this problem as you will. And so if people do approach me and they want help, I will put in as many hours as they will. Often the problem is again, what they want is a silver bullet. Mm. They don't want to put in the hours, but I will gladly work as hard. And, and so that's why I'm committed to constantly creating content almost to our detriment, frankly, because it kind of weeds out people who really, really, really want it. If you really, really want it, you'll go for it. And I will do everything I can to, to help you out, whatever it is, if you are also willing to put into the work. And so that's kind of a, a core thing of what we do. And, and we help people be disliked as well, which sounds strange, <laughs> but that's a big part of confidence, I think, is helping people understand that it's okay to be disliked by a small fraction of people because a small fraction of people will absolutely adore you. And those are the ones that really, really matter. When it boils down, that's all that really matters, you know? Yeah. Yeah, if you're not being a little bit polarizing, if you're just pleasing everyone, you're doing you're not doing something right. <laughs> There's yeah, something yeah. you're doing wrong. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And it's it's unhealthy. Like I've never met anyone who tries to please anyone who's ever happy. Like they're, they're always miserable because they're constantly being pulled in so many different directions. So I'd rather accept this is what what makes me happy. Some people aren't going to like that. That is absolutely fine. But there is another significant portion of people who do like what I do. And I feel connected with them and I want to continue contributing to them. So, yeah, again, deeper than the agency stuff. But that's why you guys write the good questions. That's They're good. Oh, right? that's what we're here for. The deeper than, you know, the so agency. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what we're here for. I, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I think it's beautiful. I love what you good, said, Mike. Too. Thank you so much for being our guest. And I, I want to thank you even further. I will send you some U.S. beans from the U.S. of A and awesome. a special exclusive recording of me doing a much better British accent because I think I got shy today. Got, yeah, got intimidated. Yeah, okay. You're like legit. And so, sure. yeah. And yeah. it's like holidays are coming up. My gift to you. So <laughs> your nightmares will be filled with me. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. turn that to my ringtone. You, All right, governor, you. pick there it you up. Go. And the can you're opening as well. The problem is any other British guests, or I should say British guests you've got coming on, they'll want to hear it as well. You no, they're might, all banned. You might be making... <laughs> they're all banned. <laughs> I've made it. I've made it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Told you. Just me. You, you shattered the ceiling and then we just, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. covered you can, it. You can edit to your website, only British person invented, yeah, yeah, <laughs> invited, yeah, yeah, yeah. only British Kiwi on yeah. the GoWP agency owner podcast. With a I'm can of beans in your hands. Yeah, I'm going to love that. That's perfect. <laughs> so for our listeners, uh, you can go uh, and read more about Mike at sellyourservice.co.uk because he's British. And uh, check out his library of videos on his YouTube uh, channel. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, everyone who has listened or watched over on YouTube. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And you can get this episode and other episodes of GoJWP 
Podcast's digital agency owner podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And just a quick reminder at GoWP, we want to help you become more profitable, whether it's by listening to our podcast, joining in our weekly happiness hours, viewing informative webinars hosted by our friends, such as Mike Killen and other friends in the WordPress community. And of course, by growing your team with our super skilled developers, copywriters, designers, or virtual assistants. Go to gojwp.com to read more about our services and to schedule a call. Thank you.